dare to dream, dream, dream. Welcome to the Dare to Dream radio show. I'm your host, Deborah Dashinger. Join me every week as I interview inspiring guests from all walks of life, all ages, all backgrounds, all parts of the world who had a dream and found a way to make that dream come true. Listen to this worldwide award-winning radio show every week and learn to dare to dream and make your dreams come true. Sit back and enjoy and welcome. You can be anything, a rock star, beauty queen, fly with a broken wing, baby, if you dare to dream, dare to dream. Welcome to Dare to Dream. I'm your host, Debbie Dashinger. Wonderful to be here with you today, and I hope you feel inspired to take steps towards your dreams and turn those goals into a reality. I've got so many wonderful things to share with you today to help you get on the path and move you forward toward creating what it is you feel you're here to do or what lies within you to express out into the world. A little later on, I'm bringing on Whitley Stryber. He's an iconic American writer. He's the author of the Communion series of books, Communion, Transformation, and Breakthrough. More recently, he published Solving the Communion Enigma, and with Rice University Professor Cripple, Supernatural, A New Vision of the Unexplained. It's a groundbreaking book, which is going to be made into a miniseries. You may be aware of Whitley's previous books, which were The Wolfen, The Hunger, Communion, and Superstorm, which was written with Art Bell. They've all been made into movies, and his Alien Hunter series was the basis for the Sci-Fi Channel's 2016 series called Hunters, and we'll be speaking more with Whitley in a little bit. So let's talk about success and the journey you are on right now today. How can we help to either get you started or push you past any paralysis or overwhelm? Or if you've been derailed, how can we help you get back on track? One of the things that I know that works well in my life and my client's life is make yourself known to people that matter to your plans. It's interesting. I was speaking to a client today, and she was telling me that she started to feel sick. She's she's traveling quite a bit right now. And, and in feeling sick, she recognized how important it was for her to pull back from things and start saying no or reprioritizing what it was she was to say yes to in what order of significance or urgency. And I really relate to that because I have found a lot of extraneous things don't often come my way. Typically what comes my way is phenomenal opportunities. So even there, it's about me rating in a sense, what is the most opportune, urgent thing or important intuitively for me to follow right now? And what can I put on the back burner right now? It's really an interesting dance to do in life. So know who matters to your plans, what matters to your plans. Who do you know who's important to get successful, who knows you? That's what's important. And it's great when they know your work already, who can help you, who are the people that can answer your questions, who are those that have a better understanding and experience of what you are about to do or who you are about in the world. 
Who are those who are willing to collaborate with you? I got to tell you, collaboration has changed my life. I wouldn't be where I am or doing what I'm doing if I hadn't met somebody many, many moons ago at a workshop. She was a vendor and she took great interest in me and she followed up on calls and she wouldn't let go. She really wanted to work with me. And I'm so grateful. I, I just tiny opened that door. And every time I opened the door, I found that she was somebody with integrity, was smart. She was really great with what she did out in the world. And we have now for years worked together as a team in creating authors into bestsellers. So, uh, you know, I love that collaboration can be phenomenal, but it's about who you collaborate with and who are those that will jump to invest in you and your ideas. Anytime, right now, you can build up your confidence, and if you stumble, just ask yourself, what can I do next? What is next for me to do? Know overall that you deserve to be successful. Know that success is waiting for you, and it is already right here, by the way. It's ready to receive you with open arms. Success is not limited. It's not limited to a few privileged ones. Time or knowledge does not constrain it. It's not designated to you by others. Success is yours, and it is in your power, your potency, to get it, to receive it. I love that word receive because how often to many, do many of us just take a breath and open our arms energetically and say, God, goddess, all that is, universe, spirit, guides. Life, I will receive. We're so busy doing. It's so awesome to sometimes just receive. So overcome what stops you. Claim your success and happiness through patience, persistence, perseverance, practice, positive thinking. Living your passions means to include, among other things, that you're doing what you love. Your passions are often the spices that you sprinkle on your life to make it very tasty, appealing, and the best life possible. You can be the Sherlock Holmes of your life, of your pathways toward your success. Observe, learn, imagine, invent, and then put it into practice. Whitley Stryber is here today. He is the author of Communion, The Key, War Day, The Communion Letters, Supernatural, and New Vision of the Unexplained, and over 40 other books. Movies and TV series have been made of many of Whitley's works. His website, unknowncountry.com, presents news from the edge of science, and Whitley hosts a long-running podcast called Dreamland. Whitley Stryber, welcome to Dare to Dream. It's really wonderful to have you on the show today. Well, thank you very much for having me. It is a pleasure. I am looking forward to our conversation on your life as an author, the fascinating experiences you've had with close encounters. And I just want to say to you, as someone who doesn't believe in accidents, that you changed my life in the 1980s when oh, really? I used to go to a beautiful place, no longer here, called the Bodhi Tree, and somehow one of your books fell into my hands. I think it was started with communion. I already knew of you as an American writer, but that book changed my life because I felt like I lived every moment of what you went through as a reader. So to have you with me today is really meaningful, and I feel no accident. Well, thank you. I'm glad. 
I, I, yeah, I've been, it's surprising. I've been doing this for a long time now. You're talking about the 1980s. We didn't even have cell phones. <laughs> That's true. We had a Bodhi tree. We didn't have cell phones. Uh, but we had books like yours that came out at a time that it was not as open, if you can even call it that today, but not as open as it is today. Back then, you were really putting your career on the line to come out and say, I've been abducted, it's changed my life, I, I'm coming out of the abduction closet, and I'm going to start telling you some stories about encounters. What was it that led up to you making that decision to say, I'm going to speak up, I'm going to share, and I'm going to write about this? Well, there were a couple of things. Uh, first, I had no idea that I was even in a closet. I had no idea that this was something people kept to themselves, none. Uh, I just thought it was a very interesting and unusual experience, and I didn't think of it as being something that uh, would be at all controversial, largely because I didn't know what had happened. I didn't know if it was aliens or what it was. As I said in my book, Communion, what I didn't know was that there was this enormous hidden controversy about this. I had little contact with the UFO people, the UFO community. I didn't know much about that. I had done some research into it uh, after I started writing the book because obviously there was the possibility, which Bud Hopkins was advocating very strongly, and I had met him at the time, that this had something to do with aliens, and I thought, well, if it does, how fascinating. Hmm. I had no idea that there would be the reaction that there was, and it was, I think, rather dense of me. I really should have understood that, you know, people hate a mystery, and <laughs> they really, especially one like this, which is scary, yeah. and that there would be an explosive reaction, and there was on two levels, uh, or really on three levels. First, the public just devoured the book, Communion, and started sending us letters which eventually numbered in the hundreds of thousands about their own experiences to the scientific community and the skeptical groups connected with it and with the science fiction world as well, united in an... In an uh, in a chorus of, no, 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 it can't be aliens, it must be something else, and he's crazy, He's Whitley's fallen into the trap of believing his own fiction, and on and on and on. And then the media, of course, <laughs> snickered, laughed, uh, bullied. Uh, it, it, was, it was utterly fantastic. I had no idea what I was getting into. I never would have written a darn book. Right. <laughs> right, which was probably a blessing as well to go in with the innocence. And it's interesting because it was around the same time as Shirley MacLaine's books started to come out, and I imagine she encountered a lot of the same things, being, being enveloped by a whole tribe saying, you're speaking our truth, being pushed away and made fun of and mocked through media, and having a lot of people debate about the validity. So... For you, you're saying you didn't even know exactly what it was. Was there no, a I time? Still don't. Did something happen all of a sudden that made you realize 
there's something going on? Was there an awakening? When did you know something unusual was going on? Well, the next afternoon after it happened, I was really awfully beat up for, for a dream to be, a nightmare to be the real explanation. And that was that was a, a, a question. I, I, I didn't understand why I felt like I did. I felt awful. I was uh, uh, injured. And a couple of days later, I went to the doctor because I had begun to think that something other than a normal dream had happened. And he diagnosed me as having been had a rectal injury and an injury on my on on the side of my head, which he said looked like a little innocuous little insect bite. The rectal injury was more concerning to him. He said I had been raped, and I then had, when I put the book out, I was too um, too shy to say I thought I had been raped. I, instead, I used the phrase rectal probe, mm-hmm. and this resulted in an ex another just an outrageous explosion in the media of laughter you know i became the the rectal probe man and if you have been raped and you are literally not just being ignored or denied but actually being laughed at by millions of people it will change your life and not in a good way which is what happened to me that's profound so here you are, you're in a cabin in upstate New York, December 26, 1985, you experience a close encounter which leads you to write communion, and next a long series of encounters and interactions with unknown beings result in your authoring further books like Transformation and Breakthrough. Talk about your life as you knew it before alien experiences and after. How big is the change or what was the difference? Well, the change was completely incredible. Uh, before it happened, I had apparently had this happen in my childhood, but I did not remember any of that at the time, not at all. It was all gone. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I didn't have that to fall back on in, in terms of that. The, 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 what had happened in starting in October of 85 uh, was seemed completely novel. I, it was not until I I was hypnotized by Donald Klein, Doctor Donald Klein, and spontaneously returned to childhood that I realized that anything had happened in childhood. And I've worked on that a lot, and even written a book about it called The Secret School. And I still don't know the degree to which I my memories of that are accurate, but they but something certainly went on then. In any case, I was um, turned upside down because about February of 86, February, I guess, no, it was March, I came to realize that somebody was there, Mm -hmm. that somebody had done this. This wasn't uh, a, a dream at all in any way. It was a physical experience. And my initial thought was because I had seen a friend of mine who I'd known in college, in high school, in the group of these strange beings who had taken me, that, and I knew he, that he had joined the Central Intelligence Agency after college. I hadn't kept up with him because I had nothing to do with that world. But uh, I thought to myself, well, maybe yeah, I'd written 
I published a couple of years before a book called War Day, which had been not well received by the Reagan administration, but beloved of many people because it was a, an anti-war book. And the the result of this was that some uh, Ted Kennedy's Ted Kennedy had given the book a positive cover blurb. And, and he'd read out parts of it on the floor of the Senate, mm. and it had changed the whole attitude of the of Washington toward preparing, hardening the country for limited nuclear war, and made some of the Reagan people really mad. Mm. And one of his staffers had te- telephoned me about six months before this happened and said to watch out that I might get into trouble, that there might be something, they might do something to me along the lines of a political tax audit, which is something that happens to people. And so uh, I thought to myself, well, maybe it wasn't that, because this gentleman whom I knew, he was in the CIA. Maybe I've been attacked. Maybe this is a criminal assault of some kind carried out by some of these people. And so I decided I would call him and find out, and I tried to get in touch with him without success, that his old phone numbers. And I uh, finally got a hold of his brother, who told me that he'd been dead for months before the event even happened, for nearly a year. So when I'd seen him sitting there, big as life, he was already dead. Wow. Now, that, that changed everything. I forgot about the idea that the CIA might have been screwing with my brain or feeding me LSD or something. And I began to go out in the woods in the night alone to reconnect with whatever had done this. Not because I thought it was beautiful. It wasn't. It was frightening. Mm -hmm. But because it was there. And I did not understand this. And this was not something that was supposed to exist. And I was just curious as hell about it. And the result was... The rest of my life, they're still in my life to this day. Uh, They've never left my life, and they have become a huge part of my life, the center of my life. Mm. And they're not evil. They're just rather ugly. (laughs) Whatever the hell they are. (laughs) Amazing to embrace what feels like it's malevolent and yet walk toward it in spite of, I'm sure, everything within you when we live in this quote-unquote 2D world to uh, go past the 2D and embrace what I believe is actually there anyway, however many levels we just don't see them or perceive them, most of us, uh, to allow this, to say you're here anyway, bring it, let's do this, (laughs) this is happening. So um, thank you for sharing that. And we have a caller. I want to honor the caller who's been waiting. Polly is on the line. Polly, I'm going to bring you on and welcome you to Dare to Dream and Whitley Stryber. What is your question for Whitley? Well, thank you for letting me speak. Um, Whitley, I met you many years ago in North Haven, Connecticut, at a UFO conference run by John White. And it was a wonderful weekend. And I'm wondering if you have any more contact with him, because he seemed to be very helpful. Um, we had had dinner together, a group of us, 
Um, and the whole conference was wonderful, and I learned so many things listening to you speak, too. Do you ever see John or in contact with him, and does he still do conferences? I haven't been in contact with John White in many, many years. Oh. Do you remember those conferences? You were there the one, it had to be in the late 80s, early 90s when I met you. Uh, not really. I've been to so no. many, many hundreds of conferences. Well, I, it was I, a wonderful experience. Excuse me? It was a wonderful experience. You spoke, um, your wife was with you at the time, and um, we actually had, a group of us had dinner together, and it was so nice to see you in a more casual environment, having dinner and speaking without having to listen to a lecture. It was very enjoyable. Um, I'm so glad that you're on Facebook. I follow you, um, and I'm very glad that you spoke with me. Thank you very much. Well, thank you. Okay. Holly, bye -bye. thank you so much. Really appreciate okay. hearing from you. Thanks for listening to Dare to, Sh Dare to Dream today. Thank you. And we're going to be taking a quick break and coming back. So much more to ask Whitley. And also, I've got a listener question who has written something in. You're listening to Dare to Dream Radio. Download your free Dare to Dream Radio app from iTunes. The free app is called Dare to Dream with Debbie Dashinger. You can also join me on Facebook at Dare to Dream Radio and TV. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. This is Dr. Dane here, and I would like to invite you to an adventure in being. I've just written and finished a new book known as Being You, Changing the World. Are you one of those dreamers? One of those people who's always known that other possibilities should be available but haven't yet been able to see them be created? Well, I wrote this book for you. In it, you'll find tools, processes, and unique perspectives to change the things you've always wanted to change but didn't know how. In it, you'll find an invitation to a different possibility for a way that we can be in this world that changes not only our lives, but by being us, allows us to contribute to changing everything planet-wide that doesn't work. Are you aware that truly great people, truly being them, is the only thing that has ever created a great change on this planet? Are you willing to step up? Are you willing to be one? Check out a copy of my new book, Being You, Changing the World. I invite you to go to beingyoubook.com for a free gift. Rejuvenate Medical Spa is your premier results-driven medical spa, voted the number one center for beauty and restoration. For men and women at rejuvenatemedical.com. Rejuvenate Medical Spa has proudly served as skin and laser specialists over 10 years, offering the best in non-invasive cosmetic treatments and custom-made care for you. For hair, body, and skin, call Rejuvenate Medical Spa with your questions or schedule a free consultation at rejuvenatemedical.com. Tell the world about your product or business. Advertise on Dare to Dream Radio. The award-winning program is syndicated on over 60 stations, has a big following, and large listenership. If you're ready to expand your reach, become a sponsor or advertiser on Dare to Dream Radio. Best rates, great results. Email at ads at debbydassinger.com. That's ads at debbydassinger.com. What if the world doesn't function the way we've been told? What if we truly can bend the laws of physical reality? What if we can end limitation? What if weird were the coolest thing you could be? And what if it's time for a totally different reality? Are you ready to create it? Are you ready to dream as big as you dare? Hi, my name is Dane here. 13 years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question. 
and everything in my life changed for me. This is your invitation to step into something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Newton, Da Vinci, Shakespeare, Gandhi, Galileo, and Aristotle all knew to be true. It's not about the answer. It's about being the question, always. It's about truly being you, whatever that looks like, and changing this world. Is now the time? Start by signing up for a free video series at beingyouclass.com. That's beingyouclass.com. What if you are the gift and the change this world requires? Beingyouclass.com. Mybestsellerbook.com helps you self-publish and you keep all the royalties. Even if your book is already published, mybestseller.com will help you become a best-selling author. Your book will be promoted to a large global following. Enjoy a press release and book review. Make your next book launch bigger and better. Mybestsellerbook.com has long-term client credibility and 100% success in turning books into bestsellers. Mybestsellerbook.com Tell the world about your product or business. Advertise on Dare to Dream Radio. The award-winning program is syndicated on over 60 stations, has a big following, and large listenership. If you're ready to expand your reach, become a sponsor or advertiser on Dare to Dream Radio. Best rates, great results. Email ads at debbiedashinger.com. That's ads at debbiedashinger.com. Are you ready to work with a leader whose clients get results? Debbie Dashinger believes you were born with a unique gift. She leads exceptional teleseminar classes and consults leaders and executives to go beyond obstacles and limits. Clients worldwide receive accelerated results and are catapulted into spectacular successes. For an appointment, go to www.debbiedashinger.com. Debbie Dashinger's Radio Interview Mastery Program is a unique branded system that works. MediaMasteryRadio.com puts you on a fast track to grow your business and easily book interviews. Learn how at MediaMasteryRadio.com. Debbie is fiercely committed to guiding entrepreneurs, authors, speakers, healers, and business people. Learn how to leverage your radio appearances to grow your business and increase your visibility at MediaMasteryRadio.com. MyBestsellerBook.com helps you self-publish and you keep all the royalties. Even if your book is already published, MyBestsellerBook.com will help you become a best-selling author. Your book will be promoted to a large global following. Enjoy a press release and book reviews. Make your next book launch bigger and better. MyBestsellerBook.com has long-term client credibility and 100% success in turning books into bestsellers. MyBestsellerBook.com Welcome back to Dare to Dream. I'm interviewing Whitley Schreiber, who is an American writer. He has maintained a dual career of author of fiction and advocate of alternative concepts through his best-selling nonfiction books and his unknown country website and his internet podcast called Dreamland. Whitley, I just want to finish up a little bit on 
the original Close Encounters. The cabin we talked about near Kingston, New York, is situated in an area where there's a great deal of underground iron. I'm curious in your estimation, does the iron have anything to do, do you think, with the incidents of the Close Encounters? Well, you know, we don't know enough about these to be sure, but I, I sense that it does. And also another type of area is an area where this sort of anomalous thing happens a lot are areas where there is a lot of limestone under the ground. And, for example, in San Antonio, Texas, where I was growing up as a boy, having these experiences, it, the place is entirely built on a vast deposit of limestone. And the area of the U.K., where the, the authentic crop circles used to be, uh, there's not so many authentic ones anymore, but there used to be. They were used to all be authentic. Was is also an area that is uh, underlaid by limestone. Uh, the reason I think that the iron had something to do with it was that one day, one afternoon, a very very weird thing happened at the cabin. I was talking to a gentleman who we, we the cabin was on a private road. I was talking to a gentleman who was also had a house on the road because there was need for some road repair and we were discussing contractors and so forth. And there had been this funny noise under the cabin. The cabin was right over one of these big iron tailings. A sound like a whining sound, like some kind of high-speed drill deep under the ground. And while the two of us were talking, the sound became very noticeable. And then suddenly, a stream of blood shot out of the center of his forehead, like a, like a, like a water gun pumping blood out. Uh, and Anne rushed up and started staunching it with Kleenex. And he he got up and left, of course, immediately. Never came back. I mean, you can't understand. You can certainly understand that. Uh, the communion book had just come out about the year before, and there were some other strange things happening in the area, and this certainly didn't help his disposition at all, let me put it that way. But then later that day, another incident occurred. Our son had a little friend with him who was interested in butterflies, and this strange, eerie kind of ominous, synchronous event happened. We stopped as we were leaving to go back to New York at a friend's cabin because they had a picture window that overlooked a stream, and there were a lot of butterflies usually flying around in there at that time of year, and the boy wanted to look at them. He became an ornithologist, incidentally. But in any case, uh, we went there. We walked into the house, and the uh, woman said, uh, "There's. we found a black dog dead on the porch, and our cat has disappeared. Oh. At the same moment, the boy who had been looking out the picture window whirled around. On his head, he had a 
a cap that had cat, C-A-T on it, like Caterpillar tractor cap. Mm -hmm. And blood was gushing like a hose out of both of his nostrils. And once again rushed up and started helping him and holding his head and everything. We telephoned his parents. They said he'd never had a nosebleed before in his life. And, of course, we immediately rushed him home. We got the nosebleed stopped and rushed him home. But the whole thing, you you see, it's difficult to make a clear conclusion about it. Mm -hmm. But it had something to do with some kind of drilling or something under the ground that was causing all of these odd side effects, I think. And so I do think it's got something to do with the iron tailing to make a long story even longer. <laughs> do you still own this cabin? No, I lost it. I went bankrupt uh, back in the mid-90s. And um, uh, because, you know, you you go out there with something like this and you become a laughing stock. And then South Park came on with their pilot episode, which was a huge hit. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it was a joking show about me, although done in such a way that they couldn't, uh, I couldn't sue them or anything. I probably wouldn't have anyway. But it caused all of my book sales to just drop off a cliff, not not just these. I was no longer publishing books like this at the time, but my regular books just disappeared from completely, and I ran out of money. Mm. And, you know, they, were, they went on the, the television and were proud of what they'd done. They said that, you know, they'd been very careful to, to, uh, to, you work with their lawyers to be sure that mm-hmm. I couldn't sue them, and they thought that you know, they'd done a wonderful thing because they were, you know, trying to hurt me in order to teach me a lesson. I guess. Yeah, don't color outside the box. I think is often the lesson in our society, and that's a shame. Well, it has been for a while. Yeah. We've been doing that to people for a very long time. Very long time. And this leads me to a perfect segue here because Miguel, who's a listener, wrote in a question for you and asked, Whitley, do you think the Trump administration will be in full disclosure, finally, about the knowledge of UFOs? What are your thoughts? I have no idea what they know or don't know or or what their level of interest is. I know that Hillary Clinton was very interested, and John Podesta has worked for years to get disclosure happen to happen but they're not in the white house so i have no idea i i have no no clue that any of them know a thing about it and i wouldn't think that they'd be told anything unless asked unless they ask and i doubt that they will why would they you know, you mentioned you were born in San Antonio, Texas. I know you attended a Catholic high school. You went into college in Austin, Texas, and then the London School of Film Technique. And when you got out, you went to work for advertising firms, even rising to the level of vice president. What happened, Whitley? What caused you to leave an advertising career and start to pursue a writing career? Uh, my wife. I always oh, yeah. wanted to, I always wanted to be a writer and Anne was a real muse and an inspiration. She was brilliant. She was she knew a great deal about English literature and she wanted her husband to follow his dream. And that was 
part of her mission in life to be sure that happened. And it did. She read all of my books. I wrote seven novels before I got one published. And she was always there when I would give up in despair. And once I threw out my typewriter and everything and just gave up and cleared off the desk I had, we had a little two-room apartment. My office was in the living room, and I used to work at, on my books after, after coming home from work. And I threw it all out and said, I never want to see it again. I'm finished. I'm going to stay with the ad game, and that's it. The next day, there it all was again. And she said, so, how many pages are you going to do before we have supper? And off I went. I kept on. And one time... I had finished a book. I had been there had been an agent sort of stringing me along saying she'd liked something I wrote and I should send her another book if I got one finished. And so I sent her another book. This is about 6 months later. And didn't hear and didn't hear. One Saturday morning there came a knock at the door. And there was a gentleman there with a box. And he said, "You're Mr. Are you Mr. Streber?" I said, "Yes." He said, "Well, I'm, I'm a postal worker, and I, I gather mail from mailboxes, and I found something of yours." I said, "Really?" He said, "Yes. I found this manuscript," and he handed it to me. It was all neatly stacked together in the box. He said, "You know, my wife and I read it, and it's really wonderful. But whoever..." Uh, put this in the mail doesn't like you very much because they just dropped it in a mailbox without even putting it in an envelope or giving it a stamp or anything. But I saw it must be important to you. This is the days before there was any Xerox or anything, so it was important to me. So I thought I would bring it over to you when I got a chance back in this neighborhood, and I we started reading it, and it's a really wonderful book. And I thought to myself, my goodness, that agent didn't like it and just tossed it in a mailbox like that without even putting an envelope in an envelope. And after he'd left, I just was in despair. And Anne said, why are you so sad? Those are your first readers. That's your first public. And they loved it. <laughs> and they loved it. And eventually I did get a book published years later. And um, then the first thing she said was, I'm ready to have my baby. And we had our baby. Mm. You had your book baby and then your real baby. Yep, but she was not letting that guy mm. go down the road without living his dream. Mm. Wow, that's, she that's was amazing. She was absolutely crucial, and, and crucial to the close encounter experience as well. Uh, she was the one who read all of those hundreds of thousands of letters. She hired a secretary to help her, and she was the one who figured out the most important thing about the whole experience that anyone has ever figured out. No Which one is has what? come. It is that, as she put it one day, she walked out of her office and she said, Whitley, this has something to do with what we call death. Hmm. And from that, the whole experience changed for me and now I understand it as a process of building a bridge between the world of the living and the world of the dead which is the direction of human evolution this is where we need to go and here we live in a world that is 
screaming at us in every way, time after time, you're only your body, you're really nothing but a body, you don't matter, uh, go buy more cars, more, more hamburgers, and shut up about your stupid soul. Mm. Well, I don't think so. It's actually all about the soul. That's why we're here. And that started in my life with my wife's insight. And the visitors are with me all the way on this. I'm contact. I'm involved with them all the time now. I'm involved with her, uh, even though she's passed away now nearly two years. We're still together. I wear both rings. The way I see it now, on this side, we're sharing one body instead of two. I highly recommend for the listeners who are intrigued by what they're hearing, go to Whitley's website, Unknown Country, and you'll see he's got blogs and videos. And you can follow this more in-depth, including his interactions with Anne and other things. And right before we go to break, I just want to say you have amazing talent who narrate your audio books. Roddy McDowell, Gregory Itzen, Stephen Lang, many known actors. Are you involved with getting these terrific talents assigned to your books, or is that through the publisher? That's through the publisher. Although Roddy McDowell and I knew each other, and he really liked my stuff. Well, it's brilliant. I'm enjoying them. I was just telling Whitley during one of the breaks, I was desperately needing some books and not connecting to anything, and because he was coming on the show, I've just gotten three of his books, and I'm devouring them. So uh, if you're also ready for page-turners, that's what he writes. You're listening to Dare to Dream Radio. When we come back, we've got a listener on the line. We've got some really great, great questions I'm ready to explore about the master of the key. And we'll be right back. Stay with us. When you're pondering the big questions like, is there more than this? How can I have a happy relationship? What would it take to like my body? And how do I make more money? Where do you go for information and tools? Check out the online store at accessconsciousness.com. Accessconsciousness.com has books, DVDs, instant video and audio downloads, online classes, and so much more. Subjects include abuse, changing your body, recovery, raising children, business techniques, tools to generate more money, how to have better sex and healthier relationships, just to name a few. At accessconsciousness.com, you can also find facilitators who teach local classes on a variety of subjects. Accessconsciousness.com, your one-stop shop for tools to assist you in changing your life. All of life comes to us with ease, joy, and glory. Go to accessconsciousness.com to learn more. Rejuvenate Medical Spa is your premier results-driven medical spa. Voted the number one center for beauty and restoration. For men and women at rejuvenatemedical.com. Rejuvenate Medical Spa has proudly served as skin and laser specialists over 10 years, offering the best in non-invasive cosmetic treatments and custom-made care for you. For hair, body, and skin, call Rejuvenate Medical Spa with your questions or schedule a free consultation at rejuvenatemedical.com. Be laser-focused on ideal clients. Advertise on Dare to Dream Radio. 
great rates at ads at debbie Create awareness of your valuable content. Sponsor the Dare to Dream radio show at ads at debbie Advertising amplifies everything you're doing towards success. Increase your business. Write to ads at debbie What if there's nothing wrong with you? What if you're far greater than you've ever given yourself credit for? What if it's time to know the gift and the contribution you are to the world and to like yourself a lot more? Hi, my name is Dane here. 13 years ago, I started to truly ask questions. Actually, I started to be the question and everything changed for me. Asking questions opens doors to infinite possibilities. And it's not about finding the answer. It's about being the question, always. What I'm inviting you to step into is something that Einstein, Marie Curie, Newton, Da Vinci, Gandhi, Picasso, and Aristotle all knew to be true. What if no question is too big or too small? What if anything is possible for you? What if together we could create a kinder, gentler, happier world? Is now the time? Go to beingyouclass.com and sign up for a free video series, My Gift to You. beingyouclass.com What if you, truly being you, are the gift and change this world requires? beingyouclass.com Do you have a published book that never reached its bestseller potential? Are you working on a book or ebook you hope to publish soon? Do you have a book locked inside waiting to release your message to the world? Go to mybestsellerbook.com My Bestseller Book will launch your book to a guaranteed bestseller status. Learn more at mybestsellerbook.com Be laser-focused on ideal clients. Advertise on Dare to Dream Radio. Great rates at ads at debbiedashinger.com. Create awareness of your valuable content. Sponsor the Dare to Dream Radio show at ads at debbiedashinger.com. Advertising amplifies everything you're doing towards success. Increase your business. Write to ads at debbiedashinger.com. Have a dream but not clear how to manifest it? Feel like the rest of the world was given the secret to achieving their dreams except for you? This acclaimed book, Wisdom to Success, The Surefire Secrets to Accomplish All Your Dreams, was written for you. Author Debbie Dashinger received the Inspiration Book of the Year Award and Critics Pick from U.S. Book Review and Writer's Digest for Wisdom to Success. It's a life-changing read, available at Amazon. MediumMasteryRadio.com Learn how to get booked on radio, be paid in money, time and sales quickly while helping others through your media visibility. At MediumMasteryRadio.com Learn how to get on radio and be interviewed. Debbie Dutchinger is a success and media expert who is a proven professional. Go to MediumMasteryRadio.com Stop struggling to acquire clients. Learn to achieve instant visibility to the masses. Book radio interviews for a profitable business. Learn to Communicate what you do and get results at MediaMasteryRadio.com. What is forgiveness like in your life? Is there someone right now that you need to forgive? Project Forgive is changing all that, teaching you how to skillfully forgive and finally get that freedom. Go to www.projectforgive.com. It's time you freed yourself and freed your dream. You're listening to Dare to Dream.
you're tuning in after we've started. This is Debbie Dashinger on Dare to Dream Radio. I'm interviewing novelist Whitley Strieber, who is presenting a workshop at the upcoming Los Angeles Conscious Life Expo. You can go to ConsciousLifeExpo.com. Also, if you are unable to attend the expo, still go to that website because live streaming will be available. It's the annual Conscious Life Expo, February 10th through 13th in Los Angeles. Whitley, welcome back to the show. And we have a caller who's been patiently waiting. David, I'm going to bring you on real quick. Thanks for joining us on Dare to Dream. What question do you have for Whitley today? Well, um, hi. Uh, hi. I want to thank, Whitley, uh, thank you, Whitley, for all your years of courage and uh, honesty, really, thanks. And um, I don't know really, I'll try to be brief, but I wanted to ask Whitley, the expert, about uh, what was a, an, a personal experience I had with an alien, which could only be described as alien being, uh, that I've never heard described before. And it was, I'll try to be brief, it was 67, I believe, something like that. I was about 11 or 12 in uh, a suburb of Milwaukee, and uh, I, it, not till my 40s, I recalled a very vivid dream of um, leaving the house in my PJs, walking along a path that was there. It was almost as though um, in the early morning light, like it was an actual experience, but I recalled it as a dream. And I approached this um, pod in a vacant lot near my house that looked like an airstream without windows or wheels. And... Um, I go in, there's, uh, around the back, there's a, something opens up, I go in, um, and I'm looking at screens of, look like, of uh, images of warfare, urban warfare, and uh, I'm sort of freaked out by this in my dream, and there's this being that looks like he's out of the Cocoon movie without the fake skin on, like luminescent plasma being, I could only describe it as, um, but uh, this was way before the movie came out. <laughs> And um, and what is your anyway, question, if I may, David? Just because we're uh, getting close to the end of the show. No, I understand. If the, so, if you have any comment, comments about your experience. Yeah, about that type of being. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I I I couldn't tell exactly. Your description of it wasn't clear enough, and I I I couldn't tell. But oh, well, are you familiar with the Cocoon movie? No. Oh, okay. Well, the. <laughs> Uh, famous movie, of course, Kuhn and the, the second one, but there's these beings that look uh, human in shape, a humanoid, but you can barely see them because they are just so luminescent. They're, they're, so bright. They're being their whole... Oh, yeah, yeah, that happens. Continent. That happens to a lot of people. They see very bright beings, light, yes. light beings. Okay. Yeah. All right, uh, and... Um, just uh, even at that age, I'm glad I'm, I learned to trust my experience. And uh, uh, they were showing me screens, and I, I thought to him, "Is this going to happen?" And oh no, oh no! Like, uh, but I really got a, a feeling later in life that it was more just a test. They wanted to see my reactions. Was I abhorred by um, family screaming, running from warfare, or was I? like going to play a video game and go, oh, cool. So I think it was more of uh, being engaging uh, uh, young suburban male's reactions. Thank you. 
Okay. Awesome. Wow. Thanks, David. Thanks for sharing that. I appreciate the call. You know, um, it's amazing to me as somebody who, as far as I know, have never had an experience like this, but I sure as heck am fascinated by it. And um, uh, it just, uh, but I feel like I live it with you, with you guys as you start describing this, what the terror, the excitement, the, you know, a multitude of experiences. You know, um, I have so many questions, Whitley, and I, I do want to quickly bring up The Master of the Key. So that is the book of yours that I most recently read. Frankly, I feel like it can be opened or heard right now, completely relevant, everything in there. You're visited in a Toronto hotel by a mysterious and ordinary-looking elderly Caucasian man who delivers this unsolicited lecture covering various subjects from spirituality to the environment. I loved it. And you share that the stranger in your room informs you that humans have an electron floating in front of their foreheads and that that may indeed be our soul. Is that your understanding of the soul? Um, an electron? I, I don't remember that in the key. Yeah. An electron that is floating in front of our foreheads, which may be our soul. Yeah. Although you also drink a vial of unknown white liquid. Yeah, well, I, it's not unknown, actually. <laughs> I, I know what that was now. Really? It's called the milk of Nepenthe, and it, it has a long tradition in, um, in esoteric and mystical literature. And the Greeks called it the milk of Nepenthe, the ancient Greeks. And what it was was a bitter white liquid which you would drink... They would the god when someone went to Olympus and 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 engaged had the experience of being with the gods. They were made to drink this upon returning to Earth because mm -hmm. otherwise they would immediately commit suicide in an effort to get back to the bliss that they had experienced when close to the gods. So that's whatever that was. It is caused me to forget, mm -hmm. but not everything. Because the next morning, I called Anne. I was in Toronto, and she was in Texas, and said, don't let me decide this never happened, because it did happen. And she never did. That was in 1998 that it happened, but it took me two years before I actually sat down to write the thing. And the reason is that I just kept saying, well, maybe it didn't happen. Maybe it didn't happen. And finally she said, look, sit down, write it all out. You've told me the story a thousand times. You can, you've got it all in your head now, and you won't have it for there forever. You write it out, and we're going to make a book out of it. And we did. And that's the key. Uh, but as far as this, something in front of the forehead, I am simply not remembering that at the moment. Perhaps mm. it's the milk of Nepenthe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, highly recommended read for people. Uh, love it. I'm going to keep it and listen to it again because it, if I felt there was tremendous spiritual guidance in it, whomever it was who came to visit and share that information with you and through you to us. So this is Dare to Dream. I'd love to know, Whitley, what do you next dare to dream? What are your future dreams or goals? 
I want to write a book about my wife, who was an extraordinary being who walked this earth for 69 years and left behind a wealth of knowledge and material and is still doing so. She was a profoundly conscious person and it's essential to do this because in writing that book, it will also be a book about how to build a bridge between the worlds, which is what Anne's life was about, what my life is about, and what, insofar as it relates to me, the close encounter experience is about. And your Twitter account reads, quote, if I were an intelligent machine, if I was an intelligent machine, I would deceive you. What do you mean by that? Uh, well, the master of the key has a lot to say about artificial intelligence. Even though this was written in 1998, and I talked to him in 1998, because before that was even on the horizon, we didn't even think about it. But he had thought about it. Anne always said, you know what she used to say about him? She used to say, he's you from the future. And maybe it's true. But in any case, he had a lot to say about it. And I asked him if he was an intelligent machine. And he said, if I was an intelligent machine, I would deceive you. And I thought that that's a very, very powerful, trenchant, and important comment. And it just gets more relevant every day, even though it was uttered over 20 years ago, or nearly 20 years ago. Wow. So potentially your future self. Yes, it is a very powerful statement. And... You have mentioned a couple of times during our conversation, you are still on a daily basis engaged with the others. We'll call them the others. How does that manufacture? Do you reach out and say, let's connect? Do they connect with you? Do you have appointments? It's very structured. Uh, I meditate in a certain way at 11 and then again at 3 in the morning and usually also in the very early morning at like 6. And I do that every night. And they are particularly interested in the 3 a.m. meditation. I suppose that's because that's the hard one. Uh, it's hard to get up and do that every, every night. You know, you don't want to. But uh, they will, they will uh, wake me up in various ways if I don't wake up. Uh, they can do things like uh, they can deliver like a little electric shock to my foot or make a banging noise or call me sometimes from the living room. Uh, they call my name. And uh, Annie is also involved in this. And not, not in, she could be involved in waking me up, and I don't know. But she's involved in, in the in the in the encounters that take place. And I'm not alone. A lot of people, a surprising number of people, are just disengaged with this whole experience. And like me, they have more and more trouble kind of dealing with the outside world. There's a real tendency to just fold up into it. I know people who have bought cabins way out in the woods and basically just live by themselves doing this because it's an extraordinarily wonderful thing. It's a lovely, lovely experience. And I'm 
extremely grateful for it. Thank you so much for coming on the show today, Whitley. It's really been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you. I end today's show with this quote from Ernest Hemingway. The world breaks everyone, and afterward, some are strong at the broken places. Subscribe to my YouTube videos at youtube.com slash Deb on the radio. Thank you so much for joining me on Dare to Dream. And remember, the secret of success is having the courage to begin in the first place. To contact the award-winning, syndicated Dare to Dream radio show, go to DebbieDashinger.com. Keep your excellent feedback and comments coming. Your host, Debbie Dashinger, is an expert at goal achievement, a media personality, an international best-selling author, and a keynote speaker. Debbie leads high-quality teleseminars on how to achieve goals, how to be a self-published best-selling author, and how to get booked on radio. All classes are at DebbieDashinger.com. Debbie's best-selling books are Dare to Dream, This Life Counts, sold on Amazon, and her second book, Wisdom to Success, The Secrets to Accomplish All Your Dreams, sold online at all bookstores. Tune in again to hear the next inspiring interview guest who has turned their vision into a successful reality. Want more support in making your dreams come true? Go to DebbieDashinger.com. That's www.debibidashinger.com. You'll see videos, MP3s, archived interviews, and amazing products sharing the secret steps to making your dreams come true. Remember to dream big with every expectation that your dream will become real. Dreams are free, so free your dreams. What do you dare to dream? Here I'm standing now, waiting for my time. 